Welcome into the TGI Friday edition of the Fun Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller, thanks for joining us. A couple of things today that I wanted to hit, kind of like skipping a stone across the pond. One is I'm going to talk about how I used horary to opine, if you will, I guess, on this apartment that I just got in Western North Carolina. Then I had a couple of questions come in on SpeakPipe that I'm going to address, but I'm going to do that after I talk about the chart because that's more, well, let's just say it's not as much active astrology in those answers. So basically, if you wanted to listen to this part, you can. And if you get value from the second part, great. And if not, you can hop off. How about that? Okay. So went up to look at this apartment on Monday and liked it. I mean, it worked. And I liked the little area, although I didn't quite know as much as I do now because I spent a little more time there. Still don't know that much, but I'm looking forward to learning. So this is about how can you use a chart to guide your decisions? You know, we're always making decisions, right? So the first point, you first bridge you have to cross is this question. Is it important enough? Is it really a big enough deal to take it out to the universe for guidance? You know, whether to go for steak or seafood or salad for dinner is probably not one of those kinds of questions. <laughs> but should I rent this place? Should I move here is a big deal. So I think that qualifies. Should I get into a relationship with this person? Certainly qualifies. That's going to affect your life and your family, etc. So you get the idea. So this qualified as, is it a big enough deal? Now, when do you cast the chart? Well, you cast the chart when you have a clear question and you know which house is going to rule that question. And that's where you have to study horary astrology. I use the system taught by Robert Glasscock, as you know, and it's derived from Mark Edmund Jones' book called Horary, which you can get your hands on. Mark Edmund Jones is a little difficult to read, I would warn you. I'm not sure if that book is on Scribd.com or not. If it is, you could get it there. I was able to get a hard copy on Amazon, but it's been out of print for a long time, so you're going to get it used. And Mark Edmund Jones' system is kind of a derivative of Lily's back from the 1600s. And very simply, you determine... First of all, can you read this chart? Those are called the considerations before judgment. And then second, you look at the axis that rules the house, the question. So in this case, fourth house rules home. So this is all about a fourth, tenth axis. You look at the cusp of the fourth. What's the opposite cusp? That's the tenth house. So in the case of the chart that I cast, Libra is on the cusp of the fourth. Aries is on the cusp of the 10th, so Libra is ruled by Venus, Aries is ruled by Mars, and those are the planets that are going to answer this question. Then you look to see if those planets are in a Ptolemaic aspect. In other words, just the simple ones, the conjunction or opposition, and then a sextile, square, or trine. Just those. Now, there's one little twist about horary, Lily horary astrology, I should say. William Lilly's version of horary astrology and the ancient astrologers adopted this. You can move within the whole entire 30 degrees of a sign. So if one planet that is answering your question is at one degree and the other, question, and the other planet is at 28 degrees, <laughs> you can call that a conjunction. 
at least in horary astrology. So it happened that Mars and Venus were both in Pisces, so the answer was yes, you should rent this place, or yes, this place would serve you well. Then you can go in and read some of the things in the rest of the chart. So I just very quickly cast this chart and saw a couple of things. First of all, I saw that Saturn and Pluto were in the seventh house. Well, some people would say you shouldn't read the chart because Saturn is in the seventh house. Ah, that is true. That is one of those considerations for judgment. And there are a couple of exceptions. One of them is if you have Saturn in the seventh house yourself, which I do. At least in equal house system, if it's whole sign, it's in the eighth house. So kind of a borderline thing there. And then the other thing is, If you can completely remove your ego or expectation or desire from the reading, and I was not even thinking about that at the time. And the other one where I was like, this is okay to read Saturn because Saturn in this chart is at the bending of the nodes of the moon, just like it is in my natal chart. And that was one of the other exemptions is that if Saturn is in a significant position related to the astrologer's chart, which it was, so I did. (laughs) And what it said is that the relationship with this house is going to be about my work of transformation. And the Arabic lot of fortune was in there, which kind of indicated a good situation related to all things relationship related to this place. Another place my eye fell was the moon in the fourth house. In other words, and it was in Scorpio. So this is going to be an energetically charged, intense, passionate relationship of loving this place, because that moon is also in a conjunction with Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces. So we can bring that Venus over and join it with that conjunction, and we can also bring Mars in and add it to the passion, which Mars is the ancient ruler of Scorpio. You see where this is going, how you just read these elements. And then the third thing that caught my eye was the sun is right up at the top at the 10th house. And this was Monday, so that was an Aries sun, and still at 28 degrees, so it wasn't even an old, tired Aries sun. It still had a little bit of Aryan life in it. So this is going to be about power, about reaching out powerfully, and about shining out brightly. So that's how I used Horary to pull all this together. I'm also going to do a video on this, so that will be on the YouTube channel. Now, a couple of listener questions. So one was about relationships, which, of course, that's the other big one, right? Money. We talked about careers yesterday. Why do we work? For money. We live for the weekends, and that's relationships, right? (laughs) So those are the big two, right? Money and relationships, always the two biggest. And then sole purpose, probably the the third uh, big astrology questions. And remember, we have three wonderful ladies who read for us. They are on the readings section, the readings tab. If you just scroll down on the funastrology.com homepage, go find the readings tab and it will open up and you can see the bios and listen to the podcasts of each of the three who can give you a great reading on all of this in your own chart. But the question talked about Juno and I just don't do the asteroids and here's why. Many good astrologers do, but I'm studying under two main teachers, Steve Forrest, who I've done the audiobooks for, and Robert Glasscock, who I've been involved in his practicum classes. That is combined about 110 years of astrological experience. 
wrapped up in two people, and neither of them follow the asteroids. And I have enough learning that I still want to do with the business at hand that I want to master several more elements of the astrology that's in front of me with just the main planets that we use, the modern and the ancient configurations. And Robert put it well. He said, with that chart, 57 years, over 50,000 documented readings, that he has everything that he needs right there. And he's looked at all of it, including Vedic, including all the different house systems, including all the different configurations, and just says, this is the one that serves me. Steve is the same way. This style of interpreting astrology is where I want to play and I want to master. Now, what you can do with relationships, and I'm going to extrude this a little bit, but you can take your son. So let's say a Taurus son, where the Sun is right now. You can take the Taurus sun and then you can look at, and this is so rudimentary. I mean, it's almost like not even the right thing to say because there are so many other considerations. So, so, so many considerations. And I want you to think about a quote attributed to Paramhansa Yogananda. He said, you give me the most inauspicious time in astrology to do something and I will make it work. In other words, give me the worst possible time. Look at your chart, pick the worst time, and I will make it come out favorably. That's a creator. Now, a question comes, do you want to create with ease or would you like some struggle involved in that, <laughs> in that exercise? Yes, you can make it come out great. Are you going to enjoy it? Well, <laughs> relationship compatibility is obviously something that ease plays a much greater role in when it can be there. And we have to work at it, no matter what sign you put together or signs you put together. You have to work at a relationship. You know that. But you could follow the sextiles and the trines for the easier flow and then look at the square. And then I'll tell you how to handle oppositions. I think oppositions are like a magnet. If you put the opposite poles together, you can't push a magnet together. But if you spin one of them around, you can't pull them apart. And then the conjunction, I like the way that they describe two Scorpios getting together. They say it'll be hot and passionate if you don't kill each other. So <laughs> that's how you can look at a conjunction. I mean, if you both see things exactly the same way, you, then you have to find other ways to stimulate the relationship. I mean, we're not talking about six weeks from now. We're talking about 50 years from now, right? How do you keep it going? But she asked about Juno, and I just don't know. That's a very terse sketch of one thing you can do. But again, I would point to our ladies for a full reading if you really want to get into, am I going to be in a relationship? Or I've met this person and I really would like to know, bring your birth information, their birth information, and then go in there and either talk to Marilyn, Michelle, or Delia or Laura, and they can help you out. The other question was also about a uh, individual transits and how different planets are affecting the chart. And again, I just can't go there because it is so specific to an individual, but I would point you to the three readers as well. Well, this was more of kind of a lesson than it was a look at the sky, but we'll give you the weekend to recover and hope that some of that was helpful for you. And I'll see you back on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Sending love.